a Vanderbilt student and a Vanderbilt graduate talk about the TV show Austin and Alley. I'm Emily. And I'm Abby. And today we're talking about the third episode, Secrets in Songbooks. Should we introduce uh, our Abby, guests? Yeah. Do you want to tell me about your family? Sure. So um, I have a mom and a dad and they love each other very much. And Aww. I also have two younger brothers who are twins. Um, one of them is at work right now, but I have one of them with me, and his name is Clark. Clark, say hi. Hi. Oh, it's so nice to meet you, Clark. He's very excited to be here. Well, I also have a family. Do uh, tell. Which I also have parents, and I have... Uh, an older brother who's 10 years older than I am, an older sister who's seven years older, then there's me, and then there's my younger sister who's three years younger than I am, and uh, she might or may not be here with us today, and her name is Meredith. Hello, I am here today. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. Hey. Hello. So we have our first guest. We're so excited. It's going to be fun. Don't touch the desk. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, we have conquered most of our technical difficulties, we think, but, uh... We hope. I'm, st I'm still looking at it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to give us a summary, Abby, or Clark? <laughs> sure. Uh, Clark's gonna let me take this one. Um, so, this is Season 1, Episode 3, Secrets and Songbooks. Trish books Austin his second TV appearance this time with South Beach Sound, and Allie is super eager to write a new song for it. However, things turn sour when Allie can't find her songbook, and she begins searching for it frantically. As it turns out, Des used the songbook as a roof for his gingerbread house, so the book is recovered. Before Allie gets the book back, though, Des and Austin read it and discover that Allie has a crush on a boy with kind eyes, Hair that flops just right, and a name that is also a city in Texas. So they decide that Allie has a crush on Austin, and this becomes a problem. Naturally, Des can't keep secrets, so Trish and Allie discover the truth and decide to get revenge on Austin and Des by making Des look or by making Austin look foolish by writing some things in her songbook about uh, turnoffs. Austin falls for them, looks like a complete fool. And they have a heartfelt discussion about how they want to remain friends because their friendship is important and they don't want to jeopardize that. The result of that is a fabulous song and Austin has a great appearance on South Beach Sound. And in the end, all is well. And that's the episode. <laughs> nice. Thank you for the summary. You're welcome. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into some defining moments. Both of our siblings are going to have to leave partway through the episode. Yes. Uh, it's very sad. I mean... Yep. Very... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and just dive into it. Great. So unbeknownst to Emily or anyone here, I remember being like, I have no idea how old I was, and seeing the trailer for this particular <gasps> Austin and Boy. Allie episode, but I had never seen the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I weirdly knew, I, I weirdly remembered it, one, and two, I knew parts of the episode that were about to happen, such as the Texas name switch up <laughs> um, bit uh, and the uh, cell phone accessory man. So it was, an, it was fun. This was the uh, trailer that made me want to watch the show, but I never actually got to watch the show. But I always wanted to based on this trailer. Yeah. Uh, Meredith, what's your background with Austin and Ellie? I have very uh, little background with Austin Ellie. I have occasionally watched it at my cousin's house with Emily and my cousin Addie, uh, but very much on and off and never like in a row. So I am somewhat n new. I've seen two episodes of late with Emily. So she was there at the nascence of, of my interest in Austin <laughs> Uh Clark, what's your, uh, what's your background with Austin Ellie? I've seen, I think, every episode except one because my mom and sister told me that it was terrible. So I really enjoy the show. Wow. Wow. You're so knowledgeable. He's been there from the beginning. So, Meredith, what do you think is a defining moment from this episode? 
Uh, I think it's significant that they want to highlight friendship above romantic interests. I think that's cool of Disney <laughs> to choose that as a theme because that is often not a Disney theme. Mm. Uh, so I think that's that's cool uh, and positive. Yeah, and a theme throughout the show as well. Yeah, uh, I thought that was very interesting when I saw this episode just because there's no Disney show where the two main characters don't get together. I would also like to point out the first time I saw this episode, I was over at a couple's house and we were babysitting. My fellow babysitter I turned to and said, well, you know that th- in the end they're going to get together and uh, time has proved me right. So <laughs> <laughs> He predicted Ostley. Yeah. I see. I, I mean, spoilers for our audience if they're watching, Alston, watching episode please, by episode. Alston. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this episode for the first time and being like, obviously, you know from the beginning that you want Austin and Allie to get together. At least I did. And then I saw this episode, and I was like, no, they can't get together now because they wrote this song, and they have to be able to sing the song later, so they can't get together now. Man, so what are they going to do? Austin's like going to have another girlfriend, and Allie's going to end up with Dallas. Like, I can't, I don't want this to happen. And uh, I'm pretty sure Clark told me that I was ridiculous and that they were in fact <laughs> going to get together. Uh, I really liked how uh, it establishes their friendship, though. Like, because mm. you, their their friendships feel very established, even though we're only in the third episode. You feel like they have like a lot of history and background with each other. But I feel like this episode really like uh, cinches that in a lot of ways, where it, like uh, through them not having a crush on each other, like you and them thinking the, or Austin thinking that Allie does, like you find out that their friendship is like kind of deeper than you. Maybe would have thought in like the other two episodes. I think it like shows that really well. It doesn't just tell you, but it shows that really well by their reactions to each other. I would agree. Clark, what's something you thought was defining about this episode? Um, I think the beginning where they're all playing the instruments, uh, like in response to stuff, is very cleverly done. I think it provides for some really good comedy, just because. Especially when Des uh, does like the mistake and does like the da 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 when the bad thing happens. <laughs> I think that's hysterical. (laughs) As do I. Yeah, that was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think this this episode does a really good job with the humor uh, in general, like kind of humor they've already established. But Mm -hmm. like the the second episode was kind of like a hit and miss. Yeah, this was like much more like very strong and yes, changing the humor back and forth. So I was excited that Meredith got to see this one. (laughs) Yeah, this is a great episode. One of my favorite defining moments from this episode is the you get to see Nelson for the first time. Nelson is one of my favorite characters. I love Nelson. (laughs) And it's the same thing every time. It's the same thing every time, but it's so cute and it's so funny and it's but and it's always slightly different. It's like, okay, Allie, I'm here for my piano lesson. Nelson, I told you, today's your violin lesson, and you don't have to bring your own piano. Aw, Nart. Do you know how hard it was to get this on the bus? I also don't know how you play a hobo, but I guess he he did, so. Yeah, and then the hobo was his uncle. That was great. Like, uh, you go, ah, and someone like has to hit your, your chest. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you're okay, or your back. Uh, I, I also liked his line uh, between that where he was like, oh, I forgot about like, <laughs> picking the piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, uh, was pretty good. <laughs> we meet Dallas. That's another thing. We do. We had our first uh, real interaction in the mall, which was pretty exciting because mm. we saw them like sitting at the fountain before, but this was like our first time. There's another store, mm-hmm. there's another world out there. Uh, and with the cell phone accessory cart is our first like true like other part of the mall. And we also see them eating in the, in the food court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Never mind that Dallas is just a discount Taylor Lautner, but. What was that? Uh, I just think it's interesting because Dallas kind of looks like Taylor Lautner, so I think they're probably just trying to coast off of some of that popularity. <laughs> well, you know, and the they kind of treat uh, Austin like uh, Justin Bieber and like the Helen Show stuff and mm-hmm. the hair. I think that's also implied. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think also in this episode you start to see 
how different Austin and Allie are in terms, not just of like their personalities, but also their interests. Because Austin has that whole speech. She likes pickles. I like pancakes. (laughs) She likes reading books. I like having fun. So I think that brings another dimension to their friendship that's refreshing that you don't... you Like a lot of friendships in other Disney Channel shows are based off of similarity, but this one, they really mm. only have one thing in common, and that's music. Everything else is really different. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's kind of like different than how we think about friendship in general and kind of like mm-hmm. cool to see like, I don't know, portrayed in media or whatever. Like uh, that, like, you know, friendship can be built around like differences and not just similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a uh, is I have I have some I have some thoughts about is Des a mad genius oh, in this oh episode. Boy. Let's hear this. <laughs> all right. Uh, so first of all, at the end of the episode, he is wearing a shirt that says "genius" spelled with a J. <laughs> that is not proof of him being a genius. I don't know, like, what more you're looking for from the show to sh- tell you that there is a subtext that Des <laughs> is actually extremely intelligent. Uh, the other thing is, so there's the gingerbread episode, uh, or, like, the, not literal episode, but gener- uh, the happenings with the gingerbread house mm-hmm. where uh, Trish and Allie turn into, like, you know, good cop, bad cop, yeah. quizzing Des about whether or not it's, uh, you know, to get to get Des to tell them about Austin's crush. And uh, if... If Des does not know what he's doing, that's a very sad scene where <laughs> he's very distressed. It's only funny if he is role-playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and if he's role-playing, it's very funny that they, w- that they went along with it. And it's really well done and, you know, it's very humorous. But uh, I feel like that scene uh, is also like, uh, you know, you have to decide if Des does not know what he's doing, it is very sad. But if he does know what he's doing, it's brilliant. So I feel like that's, uh, you know, a pivotal scene for the theory that uh, Des knows exactly what he's doing. And he's very devoted to the humor of it. Even if it makes him look like a fool, he, uh, he wants to play that up and play off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also thought it was funny how he had names for each of his gingerbread men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carlos. And Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Clark has to head out and go to church. So, Clark, do you have any final thoughts about this episode? (laughs) Final thoughts. Hmm. The best part about it was the shoulder angel and demon. That was hilarious because Trish (laughs) can get a job as a shoulder demon. So, (laughs) that's true. I guess that adds to her tally. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Clark. I assume you can still hear me. But I'm oh, he's already the void. left. We appreciate you. Oh, <laughs> but I, I will pass on the message later. <laughs> but yeah, he brings up a great point. That shoulder angel and devil scene was hysterical. It was like something out of Emperor's New Groove, but on Disney Channel and with Austin and Allie. I thought it was great. So I didn't watch this episode multiple times like I normally do because I wanted to watch it with Meredith. And the only way that I did that was after work. Right before the podcast. So it's fresh on my mind, but I didn't take any notes. I did not notice Patricia's job tally. If she had a job this episode? Yes. Uh, yes. She had a job oh. um, at the makeup accessory cart. Where she's paid in free samples. Yes. Oh, that sounds questionable from the perspective of the mall. Oh, no, Meredith lost her. <laughs> and um, I don't know if it counts, but they go to the lost and found, and she says, oh, I found it. Oh, you found my book? No, my t-shirt from when I worked here at the lost and found. Man, I hated this job. <laughs> and she also had, like, a job as, uh, you know, Austin's conscience, but obviously yeah. that, you know, wasn't actually, you know, true. Uh, what are your thoughts about the lost and found job as canon? Should it go on our job tally? Because it's not like we don't see her having the job, but we see, like, all the evidence of her having the job. I don't know. <laughs> Meredith, like what do you holes. think? <laughs> um, I think I think that should count, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know the official rules for the job tally, uh, but that's a, that's a job that she had. She has a t-shirt that she found. It's, yeah, I feel like that maybe maybe she has to have an outfit for it. Maybe that's what makes it, like, mm. you know, that's what makes it count. 
Maybe. We said in the past that uh, Allie mentions that, um, oh, she, it's like her fifth job in a week or whatever. So, like, it's implied that she's had at least four jobs beforehand. But we didn't count that because later Allie changes it to a different number. Right. In a different episode. Yeah. But I feel like we'll, we'll, count, the, we'll count the lost and found job because, you know, all the proof's there. The consistency's there. Uh, but I think probably not the conscience, maybe. So that, that gives us yeah, the two. the conscience does not count. An extra two. In my opinion. So we're up to a total of nine. In three episodes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good track it's averaging record. Averaging three an episode. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, do we have any deep probing questions about the episode? <laughs> I mean, so story-wise, it really works for them to get revenge Oh. on Austin. Like yeah. I think I think it's really funny uh and it works really well. But as far as you know, a show goes that is geared toward the youth is that a good move for like I feel I felt like the gag was going to be we've g- we're going for revenge, but it's not really going to work, which I guess it didn't because and the Jumbotron yeah. uh, Allie accidentally reveals her crush. And so you have the kind of like backlash of getting revenge, but it's also still, it still works and is funny. But I, I didn't know what, what do you thought, if you thought that was like a legitimate, I don't know, this worked out. We got revenge and it was a good idea and it was funny. That's what how we should have friendships. It wasn't called a revenge, but it was called a prank. Right. Mm-hmm. That, I think that would change things. Because I feel like it's a pretty funny prank on your friend who read your journal. Especially like, maybe like the, the fake TV interview is like a step too far because that's like really like, emotionally turbulent <laughs> but like you know the other stuff is just like you know it's just funny it's yeah. like oh why did you read my book you you don't know you know that's a it's a nice little prank to play on your friend <laughs> what, what are your thoughts abby um well coming from the context of a disney channel ethic i think it works just fine um <laughs> because i think the way it worked was it was more of a Okay, let's let's teach him a lesson about why he shouldn't do these kinds of things again. It's like you shouldn't read Allie's book and here's like look what what could look look at what could happen. You could make a complete fool of yourself. Like you did make a complete fool of yourself because you're reading things that were not written to you. And also, what if you had been doing this and it had ruined things? Like I don't know. I I think it worked. I agree. I th- think it was a pretty great prank. The Jumbotron yeah. was a s- step too far, but that ended up backfiring. <laughs> so, all is fair in love and war. Yeah. Well, I also like don't like the idea of like romanticizing revenge. So I think like I don't like that language mm-hmm. of like calling it revenge and Trish being like, "I'm so good at revenge," even though that is very true to Trish's, Trish's character of like you know being slightly, <laughs> yeah, you know. Not evil, but slightly... Malevolent? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, she's not always, like, the most moral person, which is mm-hmm. fine, because it, you know, works out. But... <laughs> <laughs> maybe not something you should aim for in your own life. But, uh... <laughs> I do think sometimes, like, you know, revenge is, like, romanticized, like, in movies, or, yeah. like, you know, and how you think about things, and often, like, it's not a great solution for serious problems. So, I'm sure... I don't like the word revenge, but I think what actually happened was like acceptable friendship prank. I agree. <laughs> Such a deep probing question. Mm. Oh, uh, we should do our music review. We're all over the place. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's okay. Guest hosts usually do that to a show. Um, yes, this week it's not a love song. Um, and I love this song. I think as do I. I think it's great. Um it's really catchy. Yes. And it's um it's really good at parodying love songs without disparaging them. Um like uh what does he say? I can't even remember which lyrics are in the episode and which ones are actually in the song. Uh, because I have the soundtrack. And, of course, they took out the bridge and the second verse, which makes me very sad. You know, like, a whole other world. Actually, I think I own the song. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't own the whole track, but I think yeah, I did. There are some lyrics in the, um, 
in the full song that I'm pretty sure we're not in the episode. I love that uh, you buy the tickets and you don't make me watch the chick flicks. We get so far being just the way we are. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm like, those are great lyrics about their friendship and how they don't have to fall in love for this to be valuable. Just friendship, like just that, is way more than enough. And it's awesome and it's cool and they get to appreciate each other and they aren't missing anything. But it's written in the style of a love song, which I think also works. Just because love songs are about relationships and about two people. And this song is about two people just in the terms of a friendship. So I I love this song. Uh, I think it also heavily implies, though, that they're like, so it's not a love song. But then there are some things where you're like, but I'm pretty sure... It is a love song. <laughs> like, you know, I think them saying so many times it's not a love song. Uh, it's just like focusing on that point too hard that it makes it seem like, actually, yes, this must be a love song. Otherwise, he wouldn't be denying it so much. <laughs> so, like, I don't think that's the that's context of the episode, but I think it also, like, does maybe foreshadow uh, mm-hmm. Austin and Allie. And if not, like, Austin and Allie themselves, then the song itself does kind of imply that it is kind of a love song. Even though it is, like, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. against just being romantic or whatever. Like, you know, friendship is part of romance. But That's true. It's very true. (laughs) So, I think, like, uh, you know, it uh, does not entirely uh, seclude the possibility that, like, Austin and Allie are going to end up together. Mm -hmm. As, you know, Clark noted. (laughs) Do you think that the writers at this point know whether or not they're getting together? Or is this kind of like play it by ear? Let's see how we write the show. I mean, the show is called Austin and Allie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair point. That is a fair point. Uh, No, I feel like they know it. So we see this theme come up again of like uh, being friends and not dating and like friendship just being valuable. Mm hmm. Uh, I think they want to make the point, though, that, like, you don't have to date a person just because they're of the other gender and you're friends. You can just be friends. So, but I think they but know. But do they make that point if they eventually get together? I mean, in this episode, they do. <laughs> uh, eventually, they get together, but it takes a long time. Uh, yes. I feel like the point's still valid in this episode, even if t- eventually they get together. Yes. I think the point's also for... Uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers right right mm-hmm. like it's not in the context of college uh i think it is like i don't know it's it's not bad advice if you're in middle school and you're friends with somebody and you're a little bit romantically attracted to them it's okay to just be friends for a while i am all about not just being friends i'm all about dating <laughs> but <laughs> you know sometimes it is just to be good to be friends so Love advice from Emily. <laughs> New segment. Let's go for it, guys. You can do it. <laughs> Talk about it. Be open. You know. <laughs> but if you're in middle school, just be friends for a little bit. If you want to be. You know, you can you can try dating, but you know, being friends might be a valid path. Wise words. <laughs> but I, I also very much like the song. I think uh it's one of my favorite songs mm. from Austin and Alley. Uh did did you enjoy the song, Meredith? I did enjoy the song. The song was great. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed how enthusiastic the person who was playing the piano was about uh, <laughs> this about the song. <laughs> yeah. He was he was into it, man. He was clapping and leading the audience, and uh, he's a great background actor. Yes, yeah. I thought. Um, speaking of background actors, I don't know how I feel about the guy who plays Dallas. I can't decide. Really? I can't decide if I'm not Dallas's biggest fan because. I'm Austin's biggest fan or if it's if it's because I just think he's kind of a bland character or that he plays that character blandly what do you guys think I think he's a nice character Uh, in this episode he doesn't do much right I don't have a ton of context if I had to judge him based off of this episode he would be an extremely bland character (laughs) (laughs) he does throw away trash though (laughs) valid point (laughs) i feel like that's like you know a positive characteristic uh he also comes over and says hi to ali after she announces that she has a crush on him uh which i feel like is like a pretty big like 
I mean, so it's maybe like very natural and very like basic, but like I feel like a lot of high school guys tend to run away from it. Maybe this is just our crowd, though. For example, so. Austin in this episode <laughs> yes. runs away from Allie when he discovers or thinks he discovers that she has a crush on him. So uh, technically for character points, Dal- Dallas does a good job of just being like, oh, yeah, we're still friends and this isn't going to be awkward, <laughs> even though I know you have a crush on me. This is true. I well, hadn't thought of that. And, and also, I think he's flirting with Allie. Like, I think that's not just a hi. It's a hi. I heard you had a crush on me. <laughs> What's up? Character points went down. <laughs> um, oh, really? No, I think that's a great thing. <laughs> date, everyone, date. <laughs> if, you, if there's a mutual liking, go for it, guys. <laughs> Have fun. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, pro, I'm pro Dallas. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. We get to know him a little bit better. Event, yes. In coming episodes. We'll have to keep a keep an eye on that. Yeah. I'm a key, uh team team dally right here. Mm. <laughs> Somebody else. At to least be. for dating, team dally. <laughs> uh we'll see. We'll see. He might win me over, but just at least just this appearance. I don't know. And I don't remember if I got to like him better as the show went on with the first time I was watching it or not. Right. I mean, basically, all we know about him at this point is that Allie thinks he's cute. That's, like, mostly what we know. Like, he has... I don't think he's... Has he said a... I guess he said a word. <laughs> he had a brief conversation after he threw away the trash. Mm-hmm. So, you like, you throw like throwing trash? away trash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, me too. I guess so. Uh, it is better than littering. This is true. But even better, guys, we should recycle. Amen. <laughs> or you should let Trish finish her food. <laughs> That's also true. You should also respect your friend's eating habits. <laughs> uh, Trish gave a really good face when Allie took away her food. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done. <laughs> mm-hmm. What quotes do we have from this episode? Well, guess what? I took no notes for the first time. <laughs> so I could probably think of a quote. It's just going to take me longer than usual. Uh, it can be a team a team effort this time. <laughs> Great. I, I like when uh, Austin uh, gets his fake tan and does shows up and is like, and Austin, and he's like, what's different about you or whatever? Mm-hmm. And can't tell uh, <laughs> that it's uh, certainly the t- fake tan. Austin says, yeah, it's because I'm orange and sweaty. And Des says, no, that's not it. That's <laughs> definitely it. <laughs> totally it. Uh, I appreciate uh, when uh, Des uses uh, Allie's book as a roofer's gingerbread house. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, I forgot where I was going with this. There's a part I love right after that. Oh, I like it when Austin, uh, <laughs> when Des is like, do you want my gingerbread man to live on the streets? And Austin's like, no, I want him to live in my belly. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I love that quote too. I love the way Ross Lynch said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Concur. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else we got? Uh. Um, this isn't exactly a quote, but I really liked when um they put the book down like yeah, I mean, Allie's going to be so relieved. Yeah, it's such a great thing that we found the book instead of Strangers. It's got to be pretty juicy stuff because she's so worried about somebody reading it. And they stop and they take two steps back. <laughs> like, start walking in circles. Like, it's got to be pretty juicy stuff. But we shouldn't read her book. They're so uh, synchronized. They're, they're very... Yeah. They do the exact same action at the exact same time. It's very, uh, it's very synchronized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I also like shortly after that where they're like, if we drop it on the ground... It'll open up, and Dez just, like, throws it on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's dedicated to the humor, man. He loves it. <laughs> oh, another great Austin quote is um, when Allie closes the door. Like, why did you close the door? You always close the door when we're writing a new song, so it's more private. Like, let's change that. And he goes and he opens the door. He's like, we're writing a song up here with the door open. Wide open. Wide open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Austin. Okay. <laughs> Poor buddy. <laughs> uh, all the 
the lines when they're like acting, acting like you know they are actors mm-hmm. in real life, but also within the show they are acting for the scene where they trick Austin. Mm-hmm. All of those lines are really funny uh, to see how <laughs> they <laughs> do like fake acting. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, Allie's. I can't remember exactly what she said, but the way that she was like, oh, no, you've discovered me. Oh, no. Like, you know, that very... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, That was great. Uh, I would just... Pret- act- acting out what would happen if you got bit by a rattlesnake on the lips. <laughs> it could happen. Oh. <laughs> Whose first thought is to like cover that up with sucking poison out of a rattlesnake bite? <laughs> yeah, yeah mouth to mouth resuscitation. Exactly. Rattlesnake bite. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta use that one. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, um, I really liked, or I thought it was really funny when, uh, well, one, I thought the way that they cross-cut Austin and Dez reading Allie's list of descriptions of Dallas with Allie's telling Trish about Dallas, I thought that was yes. really clever, the way they cross-cut yeah. that. It was very well cut. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think my favorite part of that was um, when she's like, and he smells like a fresh summer breeze. And then Austin's like, smells like a fresh summer breeze, and like lifts up his arm, and Des sniffs and is like, oh yeah, that summery and breezy. (laughs) (laughs) Not fresh, not fresh. Summery and breezy. Those are the two important parts there. It's pretty good. (laughs) Oh man, there's so many. The, this episode as a whole is so strong. There are so many good, yeah, good moments and so many, uh, so many good switcheroos, and uh, it's a good plot overall and mm-hmm. friendship. And we have an apology. Uh, mm-hmm. We love our, you know, our apologies segment. This is our third apology, I think, in three episodes yep. <laughs> of uh, Austin apologizing to Allie for his book, and then he says he doesn't want to jeopardize their friendship. Very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Meredith has to go, but before you go, Meredith, you want to give a ranking. So our ranking system, uh, and then maybe Abby, you and I can do some lingering thoughts. Okay, we'll do our ranking. But uh, our ranking system is one out of nineteen because there are nineteen episodes in this season, and so if it's your favorite episode out of the whole season, you think it's one out of nineteen. But if you think you know, there are six other ones you like more. It's seven out of 19. And if it's your least oh favorite, it's 19 out of 19. So what do you think your ranking for this episode is, Meredith? Well, I mean, keep in mind my background of having seen this preview years ago and having wanted to watch this particular episode <laughs> since that time and never having watched it. It was very exciting. So I think it, uh, you know, going to go crazy here and say that it's, Number one. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story of coming to love Austin and Allie. <laughs> and that's what one out of 19 means, right? That you're a huge fan? Oh, yeah. That's, yes. that's what that means. Um, well, thank you for having me on the podcast. Anything you want to plug? <laughs> Anything I want to plug? Um... Plug Arasha. Yeah. So everybody out there, go and check out Arasha International. I repeat, Arasha International. It's spelled A A space R O C H A. It is an organization dedicated to sustainable communities and making people, quote, love their place and care about the people in it. So Meredith's the president at Wheaton College. It's this true. I head up Brad. a chapter of Arasha at Wheaton Very College. Nice. So yeah, so have fun checking if that out. If you're going guys. to Wheaton, join Arasha at Wheaton and you can meet both of us. You can <laughs> do the uh, alley line of I like throwing away trash too, except instead it can be I like recycling too. It will solve all of your romantic problems. 
There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, team. Thank you for being Bye, on the it. show. Oh, oh, uh, our uh, our farewell that you can say is Melius Simul. It means uh, better together in Latin. Melius Simul. Melius Simul. Melius Simul. Oh, it's written. Oh, thanks. Melius right. Simul to you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, any lingering thoughts? Lingering thoughts. Lingering thoughts. Um, I think this episode is real. I just think this episode is really good at making you want to watch the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, it's a good episode in and of itself. So I enjoyed watching this episode, but it makes me more excited to watch next week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think should be the goal of, like, especially the first few episodes of the show. And I thought this one did a really great job of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mentioned it briefly before, but I really think this episode was really good at feeling like lived in like mm-hmm. where the relationships that the characters have we found out that trish has shared a secret with the uh, austin and des that yes. was one of ali's secret yes which is like the first indication that trish is maybe actually friends with these people yes whereas before it's very much like kind of one-sided and you don't really know like mm-hmm. you know austin and ali are friends and you know that Allie and Trish are friends, and Dez and Austin are friends, but you're not sure if they're all four friends together. Right. So that was kind of like a nice, like, first, like, glimpse into, like, oh, they've, like, really become friends. Yeah. And uh, Austin knowing that Allie always chews her hair, mm-hmm. and then, like, you know, knowing little little things about each other is, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice, like, promise of, I don't know, that they know each other and know how to get along and all that stuff. Yes. It's very wholesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very wholesome meg if you're listening that was for you (laughs) i was like that's not the word i would use but yeah sure (laughs) yeah we'll see if we can have meg on the show sometime i'm sure she'd love to yeah i would love to meet meg (laughs) she uses the word wholesome all the time (laughs) Uh, it's a good word i like the word attractive for things that aren't necessarily like uh people Mm -hmm. like feel like we should use that more as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of an example right now, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. um, I had a thought, and then it left me. What was I thinking? I don't remember. Maybe I will remember and I will write it down for next week. Sounds good. Uh, I don't know if I have any other thoughts. Uh, normally I have like a long list of notes, so I'll go back and look over mm-hmm. it to check. But uh, this time it's just my head. But uh, my my background's kind of elementary education so i knew i could do it because like with an elementary education like Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to plan like in great detail what you're going to do but you also have to know how to wing it because you can't plan in detail an eight hour day yeah (laughs) you you can only plan it so far like you try to you try to plan every lesson you try to plan everything Uh, but sometimes you gotta wing it a little bit so oh i remember okay um it was about uh, the jelly in Des's backpack. I was just going to bring oh, that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Austin's like, no, this is ridiculous. Like, what are we going to do? Go to all the way to the store and buy jelly? Like, that's the problem with gluing the book to the ceiling with jelly. <laughs> is having to go to the store to get jelly. And it's like, what do you want? I have blackberry, boysenberry, strawberry. I've got a chutney, marmalade. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> was very Des. <laughs> Always ever prepared with random objects. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you notice if the background players, that's probably not the right words, but uh, for Austin's band were the same? I know the other like guitar players the same, but I wasn't sure if the, the piano player we have not seen before, I don't believe we see again. But I couldn't tell if the drummer was the same person or not. Do you know? I was not looking because I didn't really notice the background guys last time. So even if I had been looking at them this week, I would not have known to recognize them or not. Sure. Well, they come up again. So we'll, we'll try to keep an eye out. Yes. <laughs> but no, I did not notice. No. It is weird that that pianist comes out of nowhere, though, because it starts out with Austin playing the piano. And there's like, um... No, and he gets up top on the <laughs> piano, and this guy comes and just starts playing the piano. Well, it's a second piano, isn't it, actually? Is it? Because it's like an electric piano. Like, I don't think Austin could have stood on it. See, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> but it's like No, it's like an electric piano on a stand. See, I guess I, I really was not paying attention to the band <laughs> then. I was watching Austin dance. 
Yeah. Well, the only reason I know is because I, I really enjoyed how into it the piano player was. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, there are two pianos on that stage. Yeah. <laughs> Which meant they had to have time to plan that out. Because Aust- Allie had the idea to write this love song. And then the whole <laughs> thing with him reading her diary and thinking she has a crush on him happens. And then, so obviously they have to sit down and write this song before the show which is tomorrow and then also organize get these band players and also figure out here's what we're going to do we're going to start out with austin at the piano and then he's going to get on top of the piano and dance and the other guy (laughs) is going to start playing the piano instead yeah i mean i guess that's like an idea you can think of that looks like it took a lot of effort but maybe like to actually execute doesn't take too much practice (laughs) probably less than we're actually rehearsing the song that's true right yeah uh, it is kind of crazy that uh, they were supposed to write a, so- a whole song. Like, they mentioned it. A song by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's not really any part of the episode that yeah. they don't already have the song written. Like, it is a little bit because they're deciding about lyrics. And that's like, you know, there's some back and forth about it. If it should be a love song or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole plot of, like, they have to write a song in a day again, like, hardly comes into the episode plot at all it just is like said (laughs) and then they do it like it's not you know yeah like you've seen this before (laughs) they're masters at it now yeah (laughs) what we don't see is like they pull another (laughs) all-nighter like they haven't slept at all yeah (laughs) so is our next segment rankings it is yes okay why don't you go first this week uh I'm gonna say two out of nineteen. Oh wow! Uh, I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and commit. Uh, so we've had one, nineteen, and two. <laughs> Guessing next just, week's gonna be eighteen. We'll see. I'm just getting rid of the edges. It's like <laughs> actually a strategy. I'm like you know committing, but not like really committing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So maybe. Uh, hopefully I'm not like over ranking it. Uh, but I really enjoy this episode. I was really excited to watch it with Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was very excited about, uh, getting to see it again. I like how it really does establish, like, the whole, uh, future of the series in some ways with, like, friendship being a big thing and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I did, I wasn't sure about the gingerbread scene at some point, because I was like, that's, this is very in distress. But after I came up with the theory about him actually meaning to do it, like, it made it all better. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm also going to rank this episode pretty highly, but I'm going to give it a four, I think. Nice. Um, so there is room for uh, improvement throughout the series, but this is a really solid episode. Um, I, I am a hopeless romantic, and so for them to win me over with a storyline that is not Austin and Ellie getting together, but is in fact the exact opposite, is really impressive (laughs) so i think they did a great job with that and like i said it makes me want to watch the rest of the show um nelson's first appearance too that just also just puts it i really love nelson every time he shows up (laughs) it just makes me think i'm like oh yes nelson i don't know where they found this kid or why they decided to make him a character but i'm so glad they did um i love uh i love the song if you can you can probably get on YouTube and find the lyrics version with all, with both verses and the bridge. Do yourself a favor and listen to it. It's great. So, yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> uh, anything you'd like to plug, Abby? Uh, let's see. Um, so, last week, I went to McKay's. Ooh. If you are not familiar with the Nashville area, McKay's is a bookstore, a used bookstore that sells way more than books and they have everything and so while i was at mckay's last week i happened upon i was not looking for i was looking for books on knitting and i was with a friend of mine who was in the um teen fiction section so i was looking through just you know passing time and i happened upon the stories from east high books (laughs) which uh were sold in walmart after high school musical came out and they are based off of the characters from High School Musical. 
I loved those books. I had the first five, and I think I had number seven because I never could find number six, something like that. But I found these books, and I bought them. I bought four of them for under a dollar. Um, three of them were 15 cents each, if that tells you anything about just how <laughs> how great these books are. But I'm super excited, and if you love High School Musical like I do, check out the Stories from East High books. They're awesome. Fun fact, these books are the reason that pepperoni and pineapple pizza is my favorite. I know, gasp, <laughs> I put pineapple on pizza for shame. But it is because there is an ep- there's one of the books, they go to Chicago, and they have to try Chicago deep dish pizza. But, but they have this conversation about what kind of pizza they like, and Troy and Gabriella's favorite pizza is pepperoni and pineapple because it's two things that shouldn't go together but do, just like Troy and Gabriella. Aww. <laughs> So I decided to try that pizza, and I love it. And it's the only pizza my brothers and I eat. That's awesome. Uh, It's very nice. I I love having background stories for why we love food. Meredith and I have some of those, too. It's very nice. It's awesome. (laughs) What would you like to plug this week, Emily? Oh, uh, so it's not especially teen or tween culture, nor is it especially of the past. I'm going off theme this week. Okay. So uh, I hate to deviate from our theme so soon, but I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head mm-hmm. that this week applies specifically to the past. Uh, but it's a book uh, called Love, Africa. It's, about, it's by a reporter, and he writes about uh, kind of his story in being uh, a New York Times reporter in East Africa. Uh, so it's both, like, very personal. It talks about his personal life, but it's also very, like, mm-hmm. bigger picture in the sense that, like, it talks about a lot of things that many people experience in, I think, visiting Africa uh, or maybe even, like, thinking about being a reporter. Um, and I really like it. So I lived in Africa my last two years of high school. I lived in Niger. And then this past year, I lived in Chad. So it was very, like, a nice book mm-hmm. that, like, kind of expresses everything, like, I've felt about Africa, uh, which is, you know, not one place. There are lots of different countries. Uh, it's, but it also, like, just, just throwing that in there, guys. And then, uh, but also, like, you know, some of the stuff that's hard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and him talking about being a reporter and me thinking about, like, doing long-term work uh, potentially in Africa uh, has also been, like, really interesting and fun to read. It might not be on your radar. It was published in 2017. Uh, so... It's a recent recent thing, but it might not be on your radar if you're super into old tween and teen culture. So I just want to throw that out there, you know. Don't miss out on the present just because uh, the past is so good. Great. <laughs> I'll check that out. Uh, uh, where can we find you on Twitter, Abby? At Abby Keteje. That's at capital A-B-B-Y-Q-U-E capital T-E-J-E. It's Spanish for Abby Who Knits. Awesome. Uh, and you can also can find her on Facebook. Do what? You can also find Abby on Facebook. Yes, Sorry, yes, I, you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can find our uh, our podcast Twitter account at Abley Always. Abley being Abby and Emily, uh, A B I L Y Always. Or you can email us at ostlyalways at gmail dot com. Uh, and I'd also like to say that our theme song is provided by Epidemic Sound. So it's by. Elias Naslin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's a nice song. It is a nice song. Uh, was that all for this week, Abby? I feel like we've talked a lot. Uh, this lack of structure has uh, thrown me off a little bit. But I think we've covered... I mean, I, we went through all of our things. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, tell your brother a big thank you. Does he have anything he wants to plug? Um, For him? Let me think. Uh... It's not really tween and it's not really past, but he's been playing a lot of Call of Duty Zombies recently. Ooh. There's this new map out. I forget what it's called, but there's a dragon, and it's in Stalingrad in uh, the USSR. So I guess if you were into that kind of thing, I enjoy watching them play, but I do not have the controller capabilities. So I'm guessing that would be what his plug would be this week. Oh, you know what I should have plugged? It's Meredith and I just beat Zelda... The Twilight Princess last week. Ooh. So that's like a sibling plug that we both beat it and it's tween teen culture. Yes. So, you know, I'm taking two plugs this week. Uh, <laughs> also, Zelda Twilight Princess, we played it on GameCube. Uh, would recommend. 
Fun. I've never actually played as a Zelda game. Yeah, this was our first one as well. Uh, even though we'd heard lots about it, uh, it was very fun. It's like uh, Zelda is a very minor character. That's <laughs> 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 what Meredith and I decided. Is it's it mostly th- just Link. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you hardly. I mean, she's kind of like always in the background or whatever, I guess, if you really think about it. But if you don't think about it too much, you you hardly ever see her. <laughs> so. <laughs> Classic misdirection. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of like Mario is actually a plumber. Like, mm-hmm. you don't expect it, but it is actually his whole profession is <laughs> being a plumber. Yeah. I think... Um there was a friend's house that we w- used to go over to, and we didn't have any gaming consoles growing up. Uh, we got an Xbox 360 like five years ago, and that was the, our first gaming console, and it was huge. Um, but th- So there was this friend's house, and we would go over to his house, and I think he had like a Wii with uh, Super Smash Bros. maybe? Yeah, yeah. And we went over to his house like three times, and we played, and I always played as Zelda because I thought she was the coolest. Yeah, and she could like turn into Sheik. Uh, as well, which is mm-hmm. in the Super Mart, which is fun. She doesn't do that in this video game. Meredith and I were like, is she going to? Because that's also how we know Zelda is <laughs> super, super Smash Bros. Yeah. But uh, spoiler alert, when you're playing Zelda, the Twilight Princess, she does not ever turn into Sheik. <laughs> she must in another game. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I was always played Link, actually. And uh, Link, or, Link or Yoshi were my, my go-tos for, uh, for Super Smash Brothers. Uh, as Yoshi, you can, like, make them into an egg. You can, like, swallow them and throw them behind you. And they're, like, frozen for a second. Which is maybe not, like, the strongest strategy. But, like, <laughs> the, amount, <laughs> the amount that I knew about playing the game, it worked quite well. I always beat my cousins. So, you know. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. But never really anyone at the BCM. But, you know, I kind of held my own. <laughs> All right, well, uh, shall, shall we sign off? I suppose we shall. Mm, well, Abby, Melius Simmel to you. Melius Simmel to you as well, Emily. Oh. And uh, also to our audience, Melius Simmel. Melius Simmel, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>